Global Broadcasting Networks presents Coach Talk Radio. Create the time, money, and lifestyle you want with tips, tricks, and techniques that get you started today from some of the best internet minds in the business. Now, here is your host, internet brand strategist, Sandra Beck. Hey guys and dolls, welcome to the transformation episode on Coach Talk Radio. I'm your host, Sandra Beck, and we'll be visiting today with expert salesman, salon owner, and author of the highly acclaimed book, Selling on the Edge, Mark John Williams. I'd like to thank today's sponsor, Madison Reed, a company that's revolutionizing the way all women color their hair, and was created by Amy Eric because she believes women deserve better than the status quo. I love my Madison Reed hair color because I want to have gorgeous hair that looks natural. So people tell me I look great and not who does my hair. Thanks, Madison Reed, for being my super hair secret. If you want to join the thousands of women who have tried and loved Madison Reed and get 10% off with free shipping, go to madison-reed.com and put in promo code WISEHEALTH. That's madison-reed.com, promo code WISEHEALTH. Now, today's show is about transformation, and I want to read a great quote by Steve Jobs, which just happens to be a favorite of our guest today, Mark John Williams. So here's what Steve said. Here's to the crazy ones, the misfits, the rebels and the troublemakers, the round pegs and the square holes, the ones who see things differently. They're not fond of rules. You can quote them, disagree with them, glorify or vilify them, but the only thing you can't do is ignore them because they change things. They push the human race forward, and while some may see them as the crazy ones, we see genius, because the ones who are crazy enough to think they can change the world are the ones who do. Now, this quote is right in alignment with our guest, Mark John Williams, and he has been my friend, my mentor, my inspiration, and no one in the world can lift my spirits quite like this guy. And where some might see a whole bucket of crazy, I see genius. He's an expert at transformation and a master of reinvention. He is fearless and funny, and he is one of the driving forces behind my personal success. Welcome to the show, Mark John Williams. Hey, Sam. <laughs> great, great to be here. You're, you're coming good. to us. You're coming to us from Minnesota today. Is that right? I am coming coming at you live from Mini. Yes. Yes. So I got to ask you. You have had you had more careers maybe than I have. I don't know. We're pretty close, and we've both gone back and forth between getting into careers and back into careers and putting careers on hold. Mm-hmm. And yet we both have had great success, great humbling moments. What are you doing today? Tell me what you're doing right now. Well, number one, I'm living in Minnesota to be closer to my family. That that was a decision I made about two years ago. And, you know, when I got back here, I was like, well, what am I going to do? And I ended up, through a real estate deal, I ended up, getting involved with some friends and we opened up a salon together. So I'm uh, a co-owner of Ginger Salon in Excelsior, Minnesota and the operating partner for now. And then I do, uh, I dabble in real estate in Minnesota, residential real estate. I sell houses. That's been my main thing. And then, as you know, I started out as an actor uh, 20 years ago. Well, and you're also an author. You've written a book. Oh, I, I forgot about that part. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got it. Was a great way to, you know, uh, if you have a creative side or 
something inside, you got to let it out. And for me, um, writing was a great outlet. And uh, it just, you know, it just, it just happened. I, I wasn't, uh, I was doing some real estate coaching and I had had some success in Beverly Hills. I mean, thanks to you, you helped me get started. You got me out of the garage when I was living in a garage. I got my real estate license. And, uh, you know, I started working with you and your team back in the day. And then when I went on my own, I had a great base, thanks to you. And people started asking me, like, what my secret is. So I would go around and share and teach and coach. And I kind of realized I loved that being in, you know, it was the acting and teaching all in one. So I was able to use some of my acting training and it was just a great mesh between the two careers. So, and I still do that now as much as I can. I just love teaching because it's kind of like acting, but you don't have to memorize any lines. (laughs) And you get to be yourself. You get to be yourself. Yeah, exactly. So then a book, you know, people are, I would go to these trainings and they'd say, well, do you have a book? And I said, no, but I got a CD or this or that. And so I realized I need to write a book. So I put it all down on paper and slapped a binder on it one day. And so it's out there and it's get, it's gaining some ground. It's fun. The book is called Selling on the Edge, and the author is Mark John Williams. And the the funny thing about this whole scenario, and Mark and I have known each other a long time, the student totally became the master and the teacher. Because when I hired Mark, he was right out of Minnesota. I was right out of Buffalo. It was my first managerial uh, job as a real estate uh, company in Beverly Hills. And you know, we started out together. We both had these beat up cars. I had a Mazda Miata with a missing back window. And, you know, we were just making ends meet. And he came on the sales team and, you know, obviously rose up through the ranks, you know, achieved a $10 million, at least one $10 million home sales, which is, you know, no easy feat. But then he writes this book and he writes this book at a time when I was going through another transformation, like I call it Beck 4.0. It was the transformation that I went through entering into my 40s. And what was funny about the whole thing, Mark, is I, I took your book kind of as my own personal guide, and I've used it to create my Beck Multimedia Company now, which produces 20 different talk radio shows, uh, primarily geared towards women. But had I not gone through your book, I don't think I would be where I am today. And that's why it's so amazing to me that I start out as your boss, you end up as my you know mentor, my inspiration. I mean, how crazy is that? Yeah, I mean that that's how life goes and that's what's so great about it if you if you keep an open mind and you know don't hang on to resentments and let bygones be bygones and you just people are dropped in your life for a certain reason and the sooner you understand that that's, you know, not necessarily a bad thing and embrace, you know, just acceptance is my new my new big hot button right now. Just acceptance whatever whatever the world throws in front of me and then um i'm a lot happier so i do love la and i wanted i mean i could end up back there one day selling houses in beverly hills because i love the action i love agents i love real estate agents and it's just a great arena but i just didn't want to wake up and go you know i didn't spend a lot of time with my parents and sister and my sister had kids so you know i made a choice and you feel good when you do things on your terms. So I feel really good. 
the weather sucks (laughs) (laughs) or the winter, but, oh, can you say that on radio? Yeah, Um, you can say whatever you want. You just have the whole state of Minnesota hate you, but that's okay. Yeah, I get up in the morning, I'm having fun, and this salon thing was just uh, kind of a side gig to keep the creative juices flowing, and I'm learning a lot about uh, stylists. Believe it or not, it's almost like running a real estate office. It's the same setup. You know, they have to generate clients. They have to get out there. So, in a way, I'm helping these stylists turn their, what they thought was an artistic career into a business. So, they really appreciate it, and our retention has gone through the roof, and people are wanting to come work here because they're hearing good things. And it all stems from, like, service, trying to help them grow their business instead of just be, you know, the typical, stereotypical gum-chewing on your cell phone uh, hairstylist that people think. And I'm honestly using the steps from the edge exactly. I've given them all the books. I've given every stylist a book, and we go over it in our weekly meetings. And it's just hilarious because they love it. They've never been taught anything like this. From a, you know, from a hair salon, they're taught how to do great color and do, you know, as your your sponsor you mentioned, that's a great company. They're they're taught how to do color and cuts and, but how do you build a book of business, or how do you uh, generate, you know, clientele, and how do you become a professional so you're not looked at like some, you know, it's the same way people look at agents. If you ask people what they think of real estate agents, they all, you know, scumbag, commission breath, just trying to get your money, car salesman, da-da-da-da-da. But you and I would work together to kind of change that stereotype. So when people walk into our salon, they their backbone straightens up because they get a different experience from our stylist. And it's just so cool to see that in a 22-year-old who, you know, before was kind of an insecure artist. And now they're a confident artist who has conviction that they're really good. So it's just fun to instill that confidence. Well, and I think back to both of us when we were in our 20s and, you know, how nervous and insecure and, you know, you learned and I learned, you know, kind of the school of hard knocks. And, you know, it's fun to pass down, you know, this information that we've learned and mastered. And, you know, like I said, you know, you became my teacher. You, I use this selling on the edge. Oh, come uh, on. Oh, I did. I did. And I will tell you the one that I did the most was be yourself because it took me till I was 40 years old to be comfortable in my own skin, to accept Uh the way I am and to be like, you know what? If you don't want to work with me, if you don't like what I do, I'm here doing my best. I'm honest. I have integrity. I'm giving you my all. And if that's not good enough, like sayonara, Pete, like that part of Be Yourself, which we're going to talk about later on in today's show, I think was really pivotal for me. And if you want to get a copy of today's book, which we're talking about, it's Selling on the Edge, and it's offered in Kindle for $9.99. You can also get it on paperback on Amazon Prime for $16.99. So I think if you are in any sort of public service, are you in sales, this is a great book for you. And we're going to be talking about some of the principles in the book today with Mark John Williams. And we're going to find out what's the key to success? How can this guy go from running a real estate agent to agency to 
being a salesman to writing a book to you know managing a salon and and grooming young people in their careers and make it look effortless and easy you know i don't hear any fear in your voice i used to be very fear filled it was something i had to manage so when we come back from the break we're going to visit more with mark john williams his book is selling on the edge we'll be back after this break Larger parking spaces? The owners of the Togla Rest Stop in southeastern China think so. They have created a number of parking spaces that are 50% larger, designated for female drivers, with the international symbol for women and outlined in pink. When asked by a Chinese newspaper why they felt the need to enlarge the parking spaces for women drivers, a lot manager explained that they observed female drivers having a difficult time parking which slowed down the order of traffic. I admit I'm a bit of a baby bumble or bungler when it comes to parking, but is this really necessary? Actually, I was complimented on my parking the other day. Someone left a note that said, Parking? Fine. It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert Annette Hammond. With temptation around every decked out hall and every decorated corner trying to lure you off your healthy eating plan, it's imperative to use your willpower during this holiday season. Self-control is like a muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets. It's fine to indulge a little, but the problem is most of us don't know when to stop. There are dishes full of Christmas candy, plates filled with cookies, not to mention all the wonderful and delicious food gifts. It's easy to get carried away and eat things that you know you shouldn't and that will put the pounds on. So during this cheery time of the year, put your self-control to work. Consume small portions when you eat and know when to stop. By eating slowly and having small portions, you will show your willpower to stick to a healthy lifestyle. For the Fitness Minute... I'm Annette Hammond. Visit our website at AnnetteHammond.com. Taking care of Hey guys and dolls, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here today with author Mark John Williams. He wrote a book called Selling on the Edge. We're talking about those principles today and we're also talking about some of the secret tips and techniques and tricks that we use to be successful in our respective businesses. And this one is going to sound funny, but I am going to say, Mark, do not underestimate the power of naps. Now, many days I have to get up... uh, at like four in the morning because I do do a lot of work in London these days. So, you know, that's already noon in Mm -hmm. London. So I'm up at four and by 
11 o'clock, my work day is technically done. So yeah, between 12 and two, I'm going to take a nap because I want to be at peak performance. Like if I'm going to work, I'm going to work 150% for like two, three hours, get everything I need to done. I don't want to drag it out. There's other things I want to do with my day, whether it's go to the beach, go to the gym, you know, paint, dance, sing, draw, you name it. I want to get my work done and I want to get it done well. So I think napping is really important. Yeah, I mean, whatever floats your boat. I mean, you have to recharge those batteries. Stephen Covey, you know, the seventh step is sharpen the saw, or one of the steps is sharpen the saw. I think it's step seven of the seven habits. I mean, if you, because there's things like burnout, and and if for anyone who's ever experienced it, it, it kind of feels like this. You want to kill everybody, you hate your job, and you're just fried, and everything makes you mad. And you just, you're not productive at all because you're you're overworked and you're just being pushed too hard or you're pushing yourself too hard and that's a real like factor so i whoever i work with if it's coaching or at the salon or in real estate i mean i say you know i think 4 days the 4 day work week is the new work week like 4 days a week is the our manager uh, we call her our team leader, is she only works four days a week, and that's by design. I don't want her there. She's only there eight to ten hours a day, four days a week. But I encourage breaks, and and people are just so – it's nonstop now with cell phones and social media, and you can literally go 24-7. And I, see, I can see it in people's eyes. They're, they look like zombies. Yeah, the zombie generation. <laughs> I mean, it's so, and it's it's hard to see, but people are addicted to their phones. You know, this guy Simon is it Simon Sinek? Have you heard of him? No. Um, just kind of a new, younger, modern day Tony Robbins, but he just talks about, you know, what what's happening with our how we're hooked on our phones, and we we have to get our fix and. Our brain tells our, you know, we got to look at it. We got to check our Instagram and see how many likes we got and check our email and check our email. And you wake up in the morning and you roll over before you even shut the alarm off. You're checking your email with your eyes blasted half shut still. And that that's a problem. Well, and, you know, we're talking about the sharpen your saw, and it is habit number seven of the seven habits of highly effective people. And that's about self-renewal, self-care, like self-respect and self-improvement. And all of that comes down to the fact that we need to rest and disconnect and have a digital detox. On the seventh day, he rested. We're closed on Sundays, as are a lot of salons, but... um... We were closed Sunday and Mondays. Now we're just closed Sundays. But I won't. There's some people that want to work on Sunday, and I just won't let them. So it's, I think a good manager in today's world helps people get their rest, you know, because not everybody can just take a snooze from noon to two unless you're living in Italy. <laughs> or, or you're like me and I constructed <laughs> my whole business around that. I mean, I know myself yeah. and, you know, I wanted to be with my kids. I want to see them after school. I want to go to their soccer games and watch them score the only goal they've ever scored, bouncing off the back of their head into goal. But it counts. It's still a goal. You know, there's things like that that 
I want to do. And Mark, you know, when I was in business school at Northwestern, they always taught me to sit down and plan my workday first. And I really did that for a long time. And I was so unhappy. I was so miserable. I felt like all of my hours belonged to everybody else. And then, you know, like five or six years ago, I really I sat down Mm -hmm. and I said, you know what? I'm going to plan my personal life first. I'm going to put in my gym. I'm going to put in my time with my kids. I'm going to put in my time with my friends and my meditation and my yoga and my beach time, like all the things that I need to do to be at peak performance. And then I scheduled Uh, like my money hours and my work hours after that. Right. Well, that's, you know, that's, you're uber intelligent. I mean, you're beyond What's it, Mensa 182, or what is that? (laughs) (laughs) I don't even, is that the genius scale? I mean, you're, but you're also a risk taker, and you never thought you were, but I've always noticed that. You, you know, you hired me. I had no experience. I just thought you guys looked fun. So I, I literally, for people listening, I sent Stan a headshot saying, hey, uh, I'm getting my real estate license, would love to be part of your team any way, shape, or form, you know, get dry clean, get lunch, get tacos, and P.S., I'm from Minnesota. And for three years, I think that's all I did was get dry cleaning and get taco. You did quicken <laughs> entries. <laughs> I, I did quicken entry for 12 bucks an hour. Uh but I got to be around great people and great leadership and you know, I'm not, I have positive things to say about, you know, every, every job I've ever had. So, but it was really, it was a special time. We were, we were on this real for four, well, basically five years almost. We were a dynamite team and the synergy. I I people always ask me about it. Like, oh, my God, you worked for this mega agent at the time, and how was that like? And I said, you know, what I remember most is just all the fun we had. Like, it was so fun to go into work, just to see everyone. and Like, we always made it fun. So my buddy and I in Minnesota, who have a couple things going now, we, we came up with our, our own, we call them our rules of engagement, that we got to live by, like, and rule number one is have fun or rule of engagement. Like we don't do it unless number one, uh, we're having, we're having fun. So if somebody brings us an opportunity, um, so we have our own criteria and I think people have to have that, that ability like you do now to, to disqualify things and, and cut out things that are, might not be healthy for you. Well, and, you know, the hardest thing for me, Mark, was to say no to clients when I needed money. You know, when I was first uh, starting out in this business, you know, I had Max and Zach. They're, you know, two years old and five years old, and they can't care for themselves. I've got childcare expenses up the wazoo. I had to refurnish my house after the divorce. I had, like, this crappy old computer. And, and, you know, to turn down business because the guy was a jerk or the girl was a pain in the ass was – 
so hard for me. And in the beginning, I didn't. And they ate up all my energy. And that's where I kind of got on this energy kick of going, hey, if you suck my energy dry for two hours in the day and I can't get anything else done, you just cost me a lot of money. And that was hard for me to turn away. Um, I'm glad I did. And I redid my business and I turned things around and I I disqualified. And you could talk about disqualifying, uh, you know, um, in your, you know, you know, in your next answer, but, but that was really uh-huh. hard for me. Yeah, it, well, it is hard because you're thinking, oh my goodness, am I doing the right thing by passing on this business? And disqualified just means, well, in traditional sales, people are taught to get out there and qualify and qualify and then do presentations and sell, sell, sell. Well, our system, that was too much work, and I didn't, have a lot, I didn't have a lot of time or patience. So I started – I found that if I could disqualify people, which simply means figure out a reason as quickly as possible to not work with someone, and that could be, you know, they're dishonest or they're mean to you. Boom, you're disqualified. I don't care how much money you have. Uh, so disqualify as opposed to qualify. And by doing that, you know, we always say you you crank through the no's. And the point of doing that is to get to the yeses a lot quicker. So I disqualify in everything. If I'm going to, on a Friday night, if friends, you know, a group wants to go to, one person wants to go to the Twins, another person wants to go to the lake. I mean, you can use that step in any area of your life, personal or professional. Well, and people don't just fall apart when you disqualify them. They don't fall apart in your life if you say no. Like that was one of the things. And, you know, we're going to talk about Mm -hmm. this when we come back from the break. We've got about two minutes to break, but is saying no. And when you say no, I used to think like that was rude. I used to think I was hurting people's feelings. I don't know how I got all tangled up in my inability to say no. And once like you used to, you used to drill me. I remember when we'd be on the phone and you'd be like, Sam, just say no. You can say no. Say it now you have to say no and I'd be like no um but somehow no got to be a dirty word or a bad word or something like I felt I was letting people down well all that was in my head it was crazy how much garbage was in my head and you know, you helped me say no. And now, Mark, I can say no, like I'll say no to you right now. I don't (laughs) have a problem. Yeah, it's scary. It's it's like the force and I you know you can't abuse it though like People get so excited and they run around and they disqualify like crazy and they end up with no business at all. It's a very powerful technique, but it should be used wisely. Absolutely. We're going to go to commercial break now. right now. We're talking with Mark John Williams. He wrote a book called Selling on the Edge. You can find it on Amazon, both in Kindle and in uh, softcover. If you want to check out his salon, it's the Ginger Salon in Excelsior, Minnesota. So you can go to Facebook and like it and you can see what he's doing because he is a master of, of transitioning and reinvention. And when we come back from the break, we're going to talk a little bit more about some of these principles that he not only teaches in his book, but he uses in real life and has been instrumental in building my Beck Multimedia Company. We'll be back after the break with Mark John Williams, and that book is Selling on the Edge. Mm-hmm. 
summertime, and you know what that means. Attack of the Mosquitoes. Other names for the mosquito are Galley Nipper, Katie Nipper, Gabber Napper, and Gelly Whopper. A quote from the 1906 book The Parsons Boys asserts that Galley Nippers are so called because at each nip, they took a gallon. Mitzi is a deceptively cute shortening of mosquito that might be heard in Ohio. If you're in Virginia and hear someone complaining about cousins, they might have annoying relatives, or they might just be talking about mosquitoes. Why do they call mosquitoes cousins? Because there are so many and they stick so close. But whatever you call them, all this begs the question, why didn't Noah swap those two mosquitoes? It's marching I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. To lose or maintain your weight, it's valuable to know how many calories you're burning during your exercise. Discovery Health revealed the amount of calories that were approximately burned with these certain exercises. Of course, there are many factors such as your weight, age, speed, etc., that make a difference in the total calories burned, but these are estimates. For a 30-minute workout, you will burn 252 calories by ice skating. Rowing will torch 280 calories, while kayaking will burn 170 calories. Playing tennis will burn 250 to 300 calories, and basketball, 288 calories. Swimming will burn 360 calories, but running is the big winner at 450 calories burned. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Like us on Facebook. Taking care of business every day. Taking care of business. Minnesota. Hey, guys and dolls. This is Sandra Beck, and I'm here with Mark Williams, author of Selling on the Edge. And I have a correction. It's Ginger Salon MN, as in Michael Nancy or Minnesota. Now, we were talking on the break about Mark's ability to help me say no, and that's something that I really had to learn. But one of the things also that he's taught me, and I and I mean this with all sorts of tongue-in-cheek, but real respect and disrespect at the same time, is I have watched you fail over and over. You have seen me fail epically, like go up on go up in flames. And but that's a big part of the transformation process. And you know, one of the things that that I learned from you and, you know, I've always been a pull the trigger kind of girl. And uh, mm-hmm. I'm once I make my decision, I'm going to go for it 100 percent, because if I screw up or I make a mess, I want to have more time to fix it after the fact than like wait until the very end, pulling the trigger and then not leaving myself any time. And failure is okay with me. I'm okay failing. I'm actually quite good at it. And um, rebounding from failure is huge. But failure is a big part of that transformational, you know, kind of reinvention process because we do things to transform. We do reinvent things and we do fail. Yeah, we fail. I mean, well, if you don't fail, then you're not, you're not in it. I mean, you're not in the game. I mean, you have to go out, especially as an entrepreneur or even in a relationship, you know, I use the relationship thing a lot because guys, girls, people ask people out, they get shot down, somebody gets dumped and, you know, they're going to waste a decade because somebody broke up with them and now they're afraid to get back in the, the dating pool. And 
you know, the best way to get over someone is to go go date ten other people and see how you feel. <laughs> and but <laughs> I you know, you think you're hung up on someone or some job or some something didn't go your way. Uh you have to get back in there because how you feel or how you act wait, what's the it's I got this from uh Sandler, which was a sales trading company that I just admire and worked with a lot and they taught me a lot. It's how you feel doesn't determine how you act. I don't know where I'm going with this, Sam, but it's one of the... All right, I'll save you. you. I'll save you. You You, you look that up while I give my quote. My thing is the best way to... (laughs) You look it up while I figure it out. The best way to get over somebody is to get under somebody else. I mean, that's a typical girl (laughs) response, too. And, you know, and I use that, and it does work. (laughs) We're in the second half of the program now. We can... We've gone from... (laughs) We're going to... We're going PG-13 here. PG-13? Yeah. How you act, how how you feel and act, like if you go to the gym, you're going to feel great is my point. If you're at home feeling miserable, so how you feel doesn't determine how you act. How you act will determine how you feel. That's what it is. So That's if so you go cool. out there, yeah, if you're miserable, but you, have you ever been having a bad day and then you go out and take a nice long walk and shake your arms around and see the sun and you feel great because you got outside, you started walking, breathing, uh, moving. You now, you've now changed your state as Tony Robbins always talks about. I mean, the guy can change his state instantly and he's like with simply breathing. So take action. I mean, that's his big thing. Take action, take action. And you will feel great. It's hard though. It, It is hard, especially in Minnesota winters. Well, that's where you get out and you throw some snowballs or you throw some ice balls or, I mean, but you got to do something. You know, I agree with you. The worst thing you can do is wallow in these feelings. And, you know, Mark, I did a show on one of my sister shows where a psychologist came on and talked about, now this was for women, but he said Mm -hmm. that in a typical Mm -hmm. 90 minute period, a woman can change her viewpoint like 360 degrees, like come back full circle, like, you know, 1130, she hates this 1144, you know, I'm not so sure if I like it, maybe I like it a little bit. 12 o'clock, yeah, the guy's great. Then 1215, you know, he's kind of a jerk. Then 1230, like I could date you, break up with you, marry you, have your children all in my head in an hour and a half, and then come back full circle to where I started. Because our emotions are fleeting, and our emotions aren't real. I mean, there's certain aspects of reality to our emotions and they're good indicators of what we're feeling and, you know, maybe to make some changes, but you can't react based on your emotions because they change. Right. And, and you can't, so your physical state will override any emotional state. I I think it's, I understand people have certain DNA or there is some genetics and some chemical disorders and, but people, it's almost impossible to be depressed. If you work out one hour a day, it's almost impossible. I mean, you know, so that's, I guess I'm blessed in that department. I just feel like if I'm feeling miserable, I will go work out or run or do something. And then I usually feel great. Well, I do the same thing. 
I go to the spin bike, I go to my elliptical, I might go pull weeds or trim a rose bush. Or my other secret thing, Mark, is when I'm really in a bad mood, like I dare you to go to Google, go on YouTube, type in the price is wrong, bitch from Happy Gilmore. I dare you to watch that and not laugh and not not change your state. Oh, I like own you. the movie. I <laughs> own the movie. I I've watched that movie a hundred times in the last ten years. I love. I mean, yeah, go watch a movie. Uh, so part of the uh, part of the edge and part of our. I don't. You know, you have to. You have to take action. Is where we're going with this. You have to get in the ring. You have to engage, and execute. You can't be if you're not happy with who you are. You have to do something, anything. And a lot of people have analysis paralysis. They'll just wait. They'll get ready to get ready. And you know this. It's I'm lucky because. I got dumped when I was about 15 years old by this girl in high school who was two years older than me. And I, for one month, I dated this girl. Her name was Bobby Peacock. <laughs> and I, I, was, I was a sophomore, and I was a junior, and she was a senior. And for three and a half weeks, I was like the king of the school, and then she dumped me. So I was lucky enough at a young age to experience, like, serious heartbreak. and. I honestly think it made me the salesperson I am today because I'm okay with rejection. I know it's got nothing to do with me personally. And that's a lot of people take rejection personally or if they fail, they, they wallow in it like it's their fault. And that's if I can send one message today, it would just be it isn't your fault. And rejection and failure are part of the path do something greater than you may even know where you're going. You know, I didn't know I was going to end up back in Minnesota with a book. I, I People call me an author, and I go, what are you talking I mean, I just happened to put some words on a paper, and I kept doing it over and over, and next thing I know, we had a book. Um, I, you know, I don't feel like an author. I just engaged. Some of it's good. Some of it's not so good. But there's moments in there that I'm really proud of, and you helped me put those thoughts on paper and get it done. And you were a true wingman to me. Uh, well, and, you know, when I look at your book, Mark, and it's so wing interesting. Woman. Wing oh, woman. Go ahead. Wing woman. Wing woman. I could be a wing woman. So, but I look at your book and it's like, there's a lot of words in this book. Like, you know, we're not talking about you wrote a pamphlet. You know, so many of these authors, they're like, yeah, I wrote a book. And I'm like, it's 33 pages. It's not a book. It's a pamphlet. You know, this is a 300 <laughs> page book. And, you know, how did you write this? Like, did you just like hole up one day? And, and did you ever think about the outcome? I really didn't. I just said, you know what? If I sell one book, I will be a huge success. But I just said, I will laugh. If I even sell one book, I'll be happy. I mean, I was doing this for, because I'm like, you know what? I don't have any kids. I'm this single real estate agent in LA. My family's in Minnesota. If I was to go tomorrow, what would I want to leave behind? And I would sit down and write. 
and I was frustrated with how the traditional real estate training was. So I came up with these six steps that you, you and I called the edge. And we joked we were going to call it like the P90X of real estate. <laughs> and then I was putting that together and I realized it was missing a key part. Um, like values and integrity and certain things that made me a good real estate agent. And I, I started asking clients like, well, why do you work with me? I mean, I don't have a fancy car. You know, I'm not like the number one agent, but you're very loyal. And I've, you always call me and we're, and they're like, they said, well, you have integrity and you come from service and you're usually grateful and you're usually positive. So I developed like those four cornerstones. It was almost like a second book. And then I just smashed them together. So it really is two books, but you can't just do these steps without having values like humility and service and gratitude are are some of the cornerstones we talk about that that so the book opens with so that part was written after I wrote the six steps I came up with these six steps and then I was going well something's missing something's missing something's missing because you can be the greatest uh, you can have all the techniques down and know the steps and know the system inside and out but if your core is rotten and you're out there for, you know, the wrong reasons, like just to get a big commission or greedy or you're really not looking out for a client, you're going to, they're going to see right through that and you're going to fail and this system won't work. So the co four cornerstones were added on later and now that's the book. It opens with the four cornerstones and then the six steps and it finishes with, uh, you know, how to get what what it really means to be on the edge and the be living on the edge and beyond the edge means when when people are asking you like what do you do what's your secret dan that's you know what know mark you... i'm going to take us to commercial break and we're going to talk oh. about your secret when we get back we're visiting with mark john williams author of selling on the edge we'll be back after the break My husband was laughing as he was reading about the differences between men and women. According to the article, men get single tusks or hiccups more often than women. Everyone knows that women are better at multitasking than men. I'm good at both multitasking and procrastinating, which means right now there are 28 things that I'm putting off until later. What's another word for a person who puts everything off until the last minute? A cunctator. Women blink nearly twice as much as men. And while men can read smaller print than women, women can hear better. In fact, when a woman says, what? She heard you. She's just giving you a chance to change what you said. It's marching day. I'm Carolyn Davidson, and you can have fun challenging your words you never heard vocabulary with my free app, Too Funny for Words. 
It's the Fitness Minute with fitness expert, Annette Hammond. Do you want to live longer? Then eat a handful of nuts every day. According to a 30-year Harvard study, the risk of dying of heart disease dropped 29%, and the risk of dying of cancer fell 11% among those who had nuts seven or more times a week compared with people who never ate them. We also know that people who eat nuts every day, be it peanuts, walnuts, pecans, pistachios, or my favorite, almonds, stay slimmer than those who do not eat nuts. The study found that the participants who often ate nuts were also healthier. They weighed less, exercised more, and were less likely to smoke, among other things. Not only do nuts taste delicious, now we have research that shows they increase longevity. Having a handful of nuts every day is a great healthy living practice. For the Fitness Minute, I'm Annette Hammond. Taking care of business every day. Taking care of business every way. Hey guys and dolls, this is Sandra Beck and I'm here with author Mark John Williams. And we're going to talk about service. And, you know, there's kind of a pendulum swinging back and forth in my life between being of service, you know, over serving, under serving, uh, because one of the things that happened to me is that I got great enjoyment out of serving. I served on the boards of three national charities. I was at all these children's events. I fight children's cancer. I've got a congressional award. I've got all these things. I've got, I don't know, 35, 40 Marine Corps commendations, all because I helped people. And it made me feel really good, Mark, but it masked what was going on underneath. I was helping, but I think I was helping for all the wrong reasons. I was helping to to shore up my self-esteem. I was helping to uh, feel uh-huh. good about myself, to compensate for my crappy marriage. Like, you know, all these things that I would do. And I got, like, the pendulum swung way over to over-helping. And what I found was that I wanted to use my money hours in my business to help. And I was helping clients. I would help like the stray dog I had, that's how I ended up with nine dogs at one point on my ranch um, because I wanted to help. And I really had to learn to keep my desire to help in moderation. And one of the things that happened when I started ratcheting back, you know, I resigned from a bunch of charities. I gave younger people a chance to, to step up and, and, you know, lead and Uh they've done great jobs, but I had to get in balance. And I think, you know, balance is so key uh-huh. when it comes to service because you can burn out. Yeah, balance is the key. And, you know, you're talking some heavy-duty things that i am actually just been learning about the last year, codependency and um, people-pleasing. And the results can be uh, disastrous. It can, you know, you're, you're out there trying to take care of everybody and a lot of people who do that, though, they're control freaks, I've learned. I mean, you, you want to control everything, and you think you can help and save the world. And it's really, the, I think the solution to that is let go of the reins, like learn how to delegate. It's really hard. My sister does not like getting babysitters, but she's learning to learn because, <laughs> um, you know, it would just, it was actually, it's just imagine never getting a babysitter. And if you're calling the parents and the brother and all that all the time, it's hard. So she's learning to, as simple as that, like let go and have faith. And 
what do you do, Stan, to, you know, delegate now? Because you're just a balanced, you're just a balanced ninja. Well, and I, it, it was that pendulum swing again. Like, you know, I was, I was trying to save the world. And, you know, I remember the point at which I snapped, Mark. You know, I was, I was at a Toys for Tots event on Christmas Eve. I had my big red Jeep Grand Cherokee full of toys. And I pull up. The Marines oh, are yeah. there. We're all good. We're all happy. And we're handing out toys. And I'm thinking, I'm on top of the world. I'm rocking this. I'm saving the world. And I looked mm-hmm. at the church. And Mark, the line went around the block and I'm like, crap to the Marines. I'm like, guys, what are we going to do? We're going to be out of toys and like 16 kids and there's kids in line. And, you know, and Mark, I I will never forget all these kids in line with their parents waiting for toys on Christmas Eve. And I had nothing. And I went home. I had the worst Christmas Eve ever. The first Christmas day, I was beating myself up, beating myself up. And then I thought, this is stupid. Like, Sam, you can't save the world. You can't save these children from cancer. You can't save, 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 save. And I had to get to the bottom of like why I was saving. And I had to get help. I literally had to talk to my coach friends. I went to my priest. I went to my pastor. I talked to my therapist to figure out some of this stuff. And I realized that I was the only one who could allocate my 24 hours in the day. And so what I do is I sit down with my, I have this like Excel spreadsheet and it's got all 24 hours in a seven day week. And I look at, and I sit there and I do this every Sunday night religiously. And I X out all the things, the hours Uh that I need to sleep, to eat, to work out, to, to take my kids to Uh and from school or whatever I need. And then what's left over I allocate just like poker chips or, you know, Cheetos. Like we've only got so many, you know, goldfish crackers left. So how do I allocate them? And when I look at what I want to do in that week, I have to leverage. You know, I might need Michael who works for me to pick up the kids from school. I might need to call Christy to take them. And that was not in my wheelhouse. Letting go, (laughs) you know, was not in my wheelhouse. I read books on letting go. I watched YouTube videos on letting go because if I can get it in my head, why I should do Uh something, I can execute it. And then there's some things that I've just taken on blind faith. You tell me get a babysitter. I don't have to overthink it. I don't have to go to my fear bubble. I can just say, you know what? I can get a babysitter and it'll be fine. Because I do think 99% of the things I worry about never happen. Fear bubble. I like that one. Yeah, what did uh, Chad, our, our buddy Chad always say? Worry is something paid in advance. Like, it never happens. Oh. All the things we were. Worry fear, is, like false evidence appearing real, you know, like there's not a lot of reality real. to fear and worry. Well, I see a lot of, if people are out of balance, like they're burned out. One reason is they're probably, a lot of them are control freak. And I know that for me personally, cause I was a control freak. Like I was burned out cause I was trying to run everything and be the director and the actor and the producer like in life. And now I know what I'm good at. You know, I make people laugh. I recruit stylists, I or stylists, and I sell houses. And I spend time with my family. I I keep it simple, stupid, because uh, I don't know. You know, the control freak thing. But you said something else. I wanted to just go back to. You said you asked for help, and that's the key. Like you were humble enough to go. You know what? I'm spinning out of control, and I saw it. Like I saw your transformation from 
from happy Michigan MBA student to just deep chicken fried mom <laughs> burned out and, you know, at the bottom of your barrel. And then back to this amazing free spirit, you know, Seabreeze, Malibu babe, um, happy and and rested, you know, you look hydrated and rested. So I'm really happy for you. And it was, it's an honor to be on this show. I, I hope we're talking about good things, but you, I've always learned from you because you, you just do the, you know, you get help and you, a lot of people don't want to do that. They want to do everything themselves. Got to do it all myself. Can't go to treatment. Can't go to therapy. Can't go to, I go to therapy just to go. So I can tell people I go and, and they go, well, why do you go? And I go, I don't know because, why not? Somebody might have a different perspective that I can learn something from. So I go see this guy now, and it's it's great. I learn new things because I don't, you know, I miss that about L.A. Everybody goes to therapy. Everybody's been treatment. Everybody's talking <laughs> to their shrink. Everybody's got multiple shrinks. I mean, so that's, to me, when somebody says they're in therapy or they're going to marriage counseling, I have a lot of respect for that. And I know you reached out to a lot of coaches and you're just always willing to ask for help. Well, it's, you know, Mark, the funny thing is like, if you can just get over your ego, like for me, I had to get over my ego. It's like, Ooh, you know, I had my MBA at, at 20 years old. I'm smart. I'm smart. I'm smart. And then, you know, I realized there's a whole bunch of stuff that I don't know. And it was my ego that held me back from, from getting help. And when I started getting help, like I hired a divorce coach to get me through my divorce. I hired obviously a lawyer to get me through the legal aspect. I hired a business coach and I hired a therapist who was a family uh, marriage and family expert so that I could go to her every Thursday night. Her name's Vicki every Thursday night, standing order at five o'clock and I would ask her questions about like, hey, this is happening with the kids. What do I do? Because Mark, you know, my mom died in the middle of all this. And so I was really at a loss of who to ask, especially about parenting, because my dad's so great. He's just like, you know, just go hit the batting cages and everything will be fine. And, you know, <laughs> you know, I need a little more than that. And so going to these experts or like you, like when I was building my business, who do I go to? I go to you. And I, I do your edge stuff because you prove to me it works. So I don't have to reinvent the wheel. And you know what? Then I can focus on being me. And I think as me being me, I'm good enough. Like I like who I am, but I don't think I could do that if I got all twisted up and trying to figure out everything going on in my life. Yeah, well, you, you and your pop hit a home run. You're a grand slam. You're a walking grand slam, Sam. <laughs> Grand Slam fan. But it wasn't humility, without bumps and it, bruises. It starts with humility, and that's one of the cornerstones. Like, you have to be willing to say, hey, you know what? I don't know what I'm doing. How do I get better? Who do I want to work with? And then finding a great team. And we just got lucky. Like, I, got, I get lucky a lot. And, you know, they have Murphy's Law. I just came up with Willie's, Willie's Law. If something great is going to happen, it's probably going to happen today for me. <laughs> I, I I call it it's the opposite of Murphy's Law because the Midwest can be a little uh, negative. Maybe it's the Scandinavian or, you know, whatever it is, it's the winters. So I literally have to force myself to be kind of over positive. So I came up with 
Instead of Murphy's Law, it's Willie's Law. If something great is going to happen, it probably will. Well, and what a great mindset, you know, like we, we're running out of time. We only got two minutes to the end of the show, but you think about, you know, all those buzzwords, mindset, intention, set your intention. It's like, you know what, why not, uh, you know, why not adopt Willie's law? Because you wake up feeling hopeful. You wake up drawing to you what you need, what you want. And it sure beats going like, you know, my life's in the crapper. And now what do I do? Like, I'd rather wake up every day and feel good. And so much of it is our thoughts. It is. It's so easy. That's what's the hard part. It's easy. It's a simple, something simple to do, but it's not easy. I, That's I, I right. wish we could talk for five hours, and I just, I'm super honored you even asked me to be on this. It is I'm really so glad much that we fun. got to catch up, and I'm super thrilled that you're All doing right, well, so great. Got- Willie's Law. Okay, so Willie's Law means, go, give me Willie's Law again. We got about 30 seconds. Well, maybe if we're going to coin it today and patent it, maybe why don't we call it William's Rule? William's Law, it's the opposite of Murphy's Law. If something great is going to happen to me today, it probably will. Instead of you guys, Murphy's Law. Just... Go, go ahead. Your... Go ahead. I got I to gotta end, end the show. We're going to thank Mark John Williams for being our guest today. And I want everybody to adopt William's rule or Willie's law, whatever you want to call it. But make it a great week. Have a great day. And call all that goodness to you. Because why not? You deserve it. We'll be back again next week. We want you to get out there today to make more money with less time and effort so you can live the life you want. Tune in next week for more tips, tricks, and techniques on Coach Talk Radio.